Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Early Education Show. We're here with episode 76. I'm Liam. And I'm Leanne. And it's just the two of us this week, Leanne. Lisa's uh, taken a very well-deserved break. She's been battling illnesses and colds and um, generally off being, you know, a fantastic uh, a person for the last little while. But taken a well-earned break this week. So we're letting her have a little lie down tonight. Fair enough. And we will um, we do obviously have a record of insisting on leave forms from everyone. So we will be obviously chasing that up um, from, from Lisa over the next little while. Uh, but it kind of works out because um, we're going to be the main sort of topic of discussion tonight will actually be a chat you had, Leanne, with a, with a couple of, uh, of the fantastic team from the Mia Mia Child and Family Centre. So um, we're going to be spending a little bit of time just before that uh, chatting about a couple of things and then um, we'll have the opportunity for you to sort of introduce that discussion. But uh, it was a really fantastic chat with, um, you know, a, a, one of the most, you know, well-established and uh, leading centres for, for young children in Australia. Uh, before we get there, we just wanted to quickly follow up on, you know, a little bit of news we talked about last week, which was the unfortunate passing of uh, artist, uh, educator, filmmaker, and a whole range of other titles, which I'm only just learning about now, uh, Ursula Colby. Uh, we obviously, um, you know, Leanne, you had some uh, beautiful memories of her last week as well. And I just wanted to draw attention to um, an article that Wendy Shepard wrote for The Framework, which is an art, which is a website I, um, I, I uh, edit and produce for, for Northside Community Service in the ACT. And Wendy was really generous enough to share her thoughts and memories of her time with Ursula, um, both as uh, um, working alongside her at the Macquarie University, I think, but as well as um, being involved in uh, the Mia Mia Centre was really um, generous of, of Wendy to share those thoughts. And it's actually just really beautiful the way she talks about Ursula's contributions, both to to Wendy and to, to Mia Mia. And, and I, um, I agree, Liam. It's such a beautifully written piece by Wendy. And I think it really also reinforces the importance of mentors in our sector. And, the you know, there, there's been some incredible people who have provided mentorship but who are iconic in our sector and I, I think it's it really captures that and the contribution that that uh, people like Ursula make. Yeah one of the things I said when I posted it on Facebook I I also made the point of saying you know Wendy was really generous about how much Ursula had influenced her but I think um, you know, Ursula would. I, I, I'm sure I did. I didn't know her, so I'm, 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 I'm going on a limb here. But I think Ursula would say, you know, she learned as probably as much from Wendy as uh, as the other way around, which mm. is how the best relationships work like that. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we'll include a link to that in the in the show notes. You can find that on our website. But you can also just go to the dash framework. Um, I don't think I've really promoted that much on the on the podcast, but this is yet another project I somehow find time for. But uh, it's, it's a free website for the for, for early childhood professionals of the sector, and it's um it's great. I, yet another outlet for me to write and talk about early childhood because I clearly don't have enough uh, outlets for that at the moment. <laughs> That's great, and you've got some great writing on there, so people can dig dig back into um, some of the pieces that have been written. Absolutely. It's not just me ranting on. Um, but let's uh, let's set up the, the, the main chat and interview we've got for tonight. So, Leanne, do you want to tell us a bit about, I guess, how this, this interview came about? Uh, well, actually, there is a connection to Ursula with this because I know that um, she was involved in encouraging Mia Mia to document uh, their I guess their pedagogy and their approach to early childhood education in a series of videos which have been produced and published over the years. And the interview that I undertook was with um, Meredith and Karen from the baby's room at Mia Mia. And the, the reason that I wanted to talk with them was because the final video, part six, well, the most recent video, part six, was being a baby belonging and becoming in this series of six videos. So I wanted to talk with um, Karen and Meredith about their work with very young children and also the experience of producing this video. And these videos are available for sale and I think you'll probably put the link in there, won't you, Liam? Absolutely. And and people can use them for uh, professional development and to get an insight into the work of um, of the educators at Mia Mia, the incredible work that they do, and this is the work with very young children. So I sat down and had a very inspiring chat with Karen and Meredith who have worked with young, very young children for an extremely long time. Um, and 
have such incredible experience and understanding of working with babies. So that was that was my chat. It was really wonderful to sit and listen to their approach and the sorts of um, things that they think about in their pedagogy. And then when people have heard the video, heard the chat, they might want to go and have a look and purchase the video, which explores the um, experience of young children at Mayamea. All right. Well, without any further ado, we'll take a very short break and be back with that interview. Stay with us. So I'm lucky enough today to be talking with Karen and Meredith uh, of Miamir in uh, Sydney, New South Wales. Now, there may be some people who are listening who actually don't know about Miamir, which, you know, would just be amazing to us all. But um, uh, first of all, if you can tell me a little bit about Miamir and the work that happens here. So um, Miamir is a long day program. Um, we have 51 places and we are situated in um, Macquarie University. We are part of the Department of Educational Studies um, that was formerly the Institute of Early Childhood. And our history stems from when there was an early childhood school in Waverley. Waverley. Yeah. And um, we have um, a birth to twos room, a twos and threes room, and a threes to fives room, and each room have two early childhood teachers. Um, and in the birth to twos room, there's uh, two early childhood teachers, one diploma and a certificate three. And then in the twos and threes room, there's two early childhood teachers, one diploma. Um, holder and a certificate three as well and in the threes and fives two early childhood teachers and one certificate three and then we have a person that covers rostered days off and another person that covers annual leave that's to ensure consistency of staff staffing for not only for for the staff that are working together but also for children and families which is most important in terms of consistency of care and education mm. in the program. So that was um, a deliberate um, decision that was made many years ago and, um, and it took a lot of thought um, and at the end, yes, research does prove consistency is invaluable. Mm. Mm. So, <clears throat> so I'm talking with um, Karen and Meredith, who are two of the team members at uh, Mia Mia, and they're talking there about some of the structures around Mia Mia. But like every early childhood service, it's so much more than than those things. It really is yes. quite incredible. And there's a lot that goes on here in terms of practice, research, the links to the university as well, um, and that engagement and also the program, I suppose, of development for um, early childhood staff or for the centre staff, mm. which is wonderful. So maybe a little bit of a background about each of you. So who wants to start, Karen or Meredith? I think Karen's going <laughs> to... Meredith's Karen. going, you can, you can go first. So Karen, tell us a little bit about your background and your role here at the centre. Yes, um, I've been here for 20 years and... Um, I started... 20 years, everybody. 20. Did you hear that? <laughs> How wonderful. 20 years in one centre. Yeah, still incredible. going. <laughs> um, and you only look 15, so... <laughs> Thank goodness for my genes. Um, yes, 20 years, and I started uh, from after high school where I got my certificate three, and then I fell in love in working with infants from um, age of 18, and um, over time I had convinced myself to complete my diploma and then it took me quite a long time before I finally completed my degree. So it was a very, it was a long process yes. going from your certificate three to your degree. Yes. So you're one of those classic, you know, wonderful <laughs> people that we admire in the sector who moves through that, that whole range of training to complete your yes. degree. So although it took a long time, I'm sure it was a wonderful experience for oh, of you course, too. Mm. yeah. I mean, every day here um, is never a dull moment, so you know, never feel too much in a rut, um, and it's always been, there's always a nice challenge 
and thought-provoking days and um, so that's something that keep us going and more so because well within the Mia Mia culture we're always supportive of further development mm. and regardless of whether it's long degrees or short courses or conversations or attending workshops and um, um, large conferences all those days combined together does encourage us to always be thinking together mm. so this is part of um, the culture that has been developed on quite from quite early on when Mia Mia had started mm. Mm. so we might get back to the culture later because I think that's really important mm. um, what about your role here what is your role oh, um, so I'm, I'm currently the twos and threes um, room leader but previously I had been working with the birth to twos room for 19 years yeah 19 oh, years how did you leave <laughs> <laughs> how did you leave the babies <laughs> obviously there were various the new babies coming through all the time yes yeah. so this year's been a bit of transition for myself um but it has been quite lovely to experience well yeah, to find a love for both age groups, really. Mm. Yeah. So you're still on that sort of learning pathway. Yes. You, yeah, after yes. so many years. And, yeah. and it never ends, really. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It, mm. Well, exactly from what you're saying. Yes. So Meredith, who's, who's trying to deflect all the, <laughs> all the questions here, so tell us about your background and your role here at Mia Mia. Um, so I'm the early childhood teacher in the Birth to Twos room. I have been at Mia Mia for the past seven years and um, I completed my bachelor's and master's at Macquarie. And it was actually during um, one of the pracs that I did with the Birth to Twos that led me to be stuck with this age group and not want to move anywhere else. Um, so it's been about 13 years with the Birth to Twos mm. and um, so yeah, it, it's like Karen said, it's never a dull moment. <laughs> and I think um, working in different schools and um, long daycare programs has shown me the difference in working um, at Mia Mia and how mm. the philosophy really plays a part in terms of the culture that Karen was talking about of where um, the whole staff team have a common philosophy and what we're working towards and how that comes across in what we do with the children. Yeah. So, so then you've seen different approaches in different settings, yes. and um, the philosophy is important. The common philosophy. How, mm. how did you get to the common philosophy at Mia Mia? How did you reach that? Because everybody doesn't come in with that same thinking, yes. Yes. Of, unless recruitment's amazing and mm. you get, and you don't always want people mm. with the same thinking either. Mm. So, how do you get to that? shared philosophy. I think it helps also that because Mia Mia is part of Macquarie University where I did my um like my my degrees. So in that we've all stayed true to what we've been learning in uni mm. in terms of um seeing things from the children's perspective, um respecting the families as well as the child. And a lot of it like it took me a long time I'm still learning but in getting used to the philosophy and understanding the culture um, it, it yeah it took a while but seeing it from the other stuff what they do with the children the other adults and also how it how it comes across in the child's learning because the children here stay for the whole time um, till before school so you actually see their learning through the three different rooms, mm. as all the spaces actually, and you you see how that philosophy benefits them over a long yeah through. over a long term process. Okay. So yeah. how so I guess your um I'm, I do want to ask you what you think is um, the core component of practice with infants. But before I ask that, when you're saying you see that. The philosophy traveling through mm. how what what's how do you observe that i mean what are you seeing when you're seeing that being played out in the older ages so at mia mia we um place a lot of emphasis on um having staff who are trained in terms of like we encourage further learning that's why we advocate for two teachers in each space and because of that we have um we're very privileged to have a curriculum meeting time 
where we meet once a week and it's all the teachers if possible and we actually talk about what we're doing with the children in each space and that enables us to like to answer your question to see how the children have developed over time and knowing the child that we once worked with is doing something else in another space or how it links to when they were forming you know their understanding of certain things and now they've explored it and expanded on it when they get older Mm. and we know the child and the family it helps us um, see their learning throughout mm. so that's a very holistic perspective so that kind of because we share yeah we share about the, the child's learning or um, um, this we celebrate their strengths or what they're still working on and things like that and there's a lot of communication because we believe that um, all that historical information is very important mm. in in terms of where they are now whether mm. they're in the twos and threes or the threes to fives mm. and and also having that um space for us to discuss enables us to share information that's important for for um, whoever whichever adult is working with them to see that whole picture mm. of not just the child but the family to yeah. understand that whole context for them so yeah. you're looking at the child on that journey that yes. sort of time journey I suppose yes. and 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 yeah that's and mm. sometimes as you say you've got that opportunity here sometimes services don't have yes educators don't have that possibility yes. to do that so but it's good good yeah. um, instruction I suppose in terms of what's possible and what can be achieved yeah and I think um, we're very privileged in terms of the longevity of the staff like Karen has been here for many years so she has seen how <coughs> the school has you know evolved as well as the children unless they're moving interstate or moving somewhere mm. because of the families. Um, commitments um, generally a lot of the children stay with us till they go to school yeah so that longevity plays a part compared to other settings where it's just there for one or two years and mm. then off they go somewhere else mm. yeah yeah so obviously you've got this long-term relationship with the children and with the families and I think everybody would you know we know that relationships are probably the number one um, aspect mm. of, of early childhood practices is building that relationship what do you see as that core principle or core component of really effective um, or high quality early childhood education for infants? I mean, if we, we can all say relationships, and if that's what you want to say, that's terrific. But what does that, you know, what does that mean? Because, you know, how do we build those relationships with infants and their families? Or is there something else that you think that's a core component or a core principle of high quality practice with very young children? I think like you said, the relationships play a very um, pivotal aspect of building and establishing that um, communication and trust with the family and the child from the beginning. So that sort of stems and forms the foundation for their start into a a group care setting or environment. And um, one of the things that Karen and I always um, talk about is attunement in terms of relationships. Mm. So for the adults working in the birth to twos room, Um, that kind of attunement and um, developing that kind of relationship with not just the child but the family as well in having that um, you know observing the nuances the little things or um, understanding how they communicate within the family and um, thereby forming you know that context that the child is a part of before they come Mm. to our setting Mm. so in terms of that that attunement is very I suppose we are all learning that you know with each year it's not something that's instant but it's a very important part of mm. being in a birth to two setting mm. um maybe karen can mm. yes um i agree with that like in terms of relationships and attunement and but some there's like in terms of like when marriage just mentioned about um the beginning the early conversations our our approach and our intent is deep down we we are investing in this relationship with families from day one mm-hmm. and we try our best to ensure that we're hoping that they see this early childhood setting Mia Mia as an investment for their family as well mm-hmm. this is a short-term or monthly, this is a longevity to the beginning of their life really as as a family. Um, 
and I mean to put your you know your firstborn or secondborn mm. in in another child's service is very daunting for anyone no matter you know mm. no matter what your history is you you have your own um, anxieties about it so and maybe not um, also a preconceived notion of how that should go because I think when you're entering an early childhood setting for the first time as a new parent you, you just don't know what to expect exactly. it's it's very mm. difficult and as you say it's an investment but yes. how how do people know how to invest in their time or whatever yes. and what the expectations are on them there must be some challenges in in that, that, in that itself, first stage yes. that very first stage it's so, just um you know i it's just so many conversations we have, isn't it, mm-hmm. on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And every family is so unique that, you know, sometimes we would talk to one family five times a day. Um, and we all know how um, busy a room can get. But because as in this, the Mia Mia culture, we know this is, we are investing our time. We, we believe in what we are doing and hopefully the families can see that as well because we are um, persistent. <laughs> yes. Yes. And, um, and our conversations are consistent as well. And I think that they, can, they will see that over time. And actually, that's interesting. So when you say your conversations are cons- consistent and persistent, consistent, <laughs> are you talking about the messages that you're giving or yeah. the nature of that communication? What is it that's co- got so to be consistent there? The underlying, in most conversations, it's there. I mean, clearly there can never be one answer that would suit every family. Mm-hmm. So in our role, it has always been understanding each unique family, their history mm-hmm. and and what has um, contributed to their family life before they, mm-hmm. you know, joined us. Mm-hmm. So it's taking all those little things into consideration mm-hmm. and, and what it, the underlying the core of it is for the best interests mm. of their little mm. infant mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and to unravel with them what they hope for for their whole family yeah. um, and sometimes you know not every infant sleeps well and eats mm. well I mean mm. it'd be all lovely if they did <laughs> <laughs> so <No. laughs> Yes, so they all go through their challenge. Each family is going through their own challenges Mm. in trying to um, know what it is um, and how they parent and and co-parent and with their grandparents and aunties and the entire community, really, and where they stand, Mm. yes, in their family, really. Yeah. So So you're really, you're, you're kind of like a... <clears throat> a brick in the wall of their success, aren't you? You're you're helping them to be successful families. I hope so, yes. In the in the bigger picture, and I think it's interesting because you there's a lot of critical reflection required in terms of like you you might say consistent messages, but they're not going to be the same messages for every family. No. Depending upon what you've been talking about, is their background yes. and they're all of those things. So there's. Hey, do you lie in bed at night and think about the families and the <laughs> Oh, of course. And each year we have, you know, our reunions. Mm. And it's mm. so lovely to see, um, you know, our year 10 um, yeah. child coming in mm. thinking, saying to us he wants to be an engineer mm. or um, that he remembers certain spaces, he remembers certain smells. And just mm. recently, um, we have one of our returnees, and he's here on a weekly basis for community work. Uh, right. And um, he remembers the plate that we still have. Yeah. Um, and that plate brought on that sense of that that strong memory mm. for him. Yes. And that was just yesterday. So, so in in terms mm. of 
yes, that um, that investment. It's it's all the years mm. after that that mm. you you have with the children that come back, and more so with the families that come back that mm. um, reminisce mm. years before. Yeah, which is wonderful for you because sometimes families leave centres and you never see them again. again. Yeah. But there's, I well, remember Wendy talking too. about this reunion and the the that you the reunions that you have and the way that children mm. come back. So it's very gratifying as well for mm. you as, as those mm. uh, children's first mm. teachers as well in, yeah. in their lives. So in terms of this kind of, th- th- these things you're talking about, you talked about attunement. Some people might not know what that word means. So can you explain attunement? So attunement is um, when you have that understanding that is based on observing and knowing the children mm. innately. Mm. In, in that you spend enough time with them, talking to their families, um, observing them, that you actually know what they are trying, what they're thinking, mm. or basically you're assuming what they're thinking and pretty much based on um, how you have observed them to, <laughs> to, see, to see and be able to understand them without them, you know, because they can't verbalize yet. But in terms of what they can, um, what they have been doing and that us picking up on these cues Mm-hmm. and understanding them um, based on those things. So attunement is very much a part of that relationship that we have with them mm-hmm. and knowing why they make a certain sound or what they, uh, whether they're due for your sleeps or they're hungry, so things like that, or when they're keen to be with other children. Mm-hmm. So um, sort of like, how, how would I say... Um, Predicting, I suppose, predicting mm. what their next move would be, mm. and that comes with, um, like we've said, spending a lot of time with the family and the child themselves mm. to be able to understand them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I think as a, um, I remember as a, a young mum being, you know, you feel overwhelmed by your child's distress, but as someone who now looks upon, you know, as as. A, an older mum now, you know, looking at uh, young children, I think, oh, the communication's there, it's so beautiful, but it's so distressing when you're, when you're a young parent, mm. isn't it? You know, yes, to, yes. And I'm sure that this is the, like, your pathway is so much mm. about understanding those mm. cues, isn't it? Yes. And, and welcoming those. Yes. However, sometimes it can be quite stressful when everybody's being expressive and communicative. <laughs> That's a typical thing. Um, so before we move on to the video, I'm, I'm also interested in um, your own sort of, you talked a little bit about professional development, but if you had one book that you love to read about uh, young babies or infants and toddlers or young young children, what would it be? What's your kind of book that you return to or your, or even someone who you think a lot of their work? Gosh. You asked a hard question now. Yes. <laughs> well, there's, um, there's a book called The Relationship World of Infants and Toddlers. It's by um, Sheila Dagotardi and Emma Pearson. And that's a very um, good oh, yeah, book yeah. because um, it highlights that social part of the infants mm. or the birth to twos and how that um, they're often thought of as not being very social compared to their older counterparts um, but in terms of how they are keen to you know make sense of the world through relationships and how they are they they want to and how they do so at their young age mm. and how that whole social context is very important and how us as um, teachers actually uh, pave that way for them mm. in a group care setting um, teaching them strategies modeling and also to create that environment that allows them to develop that social side of them. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And what about you, Karen? Do you, are you going to say the same piece of work? Or mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, yes, uh, that book as well. And, um, and one that uh, I had read last year was one by um, Anne Pello. Mm-hmm. And um, that Goodness was... Goodness of Rain. Yes. Mm-hmm. I thought that was yeah. just um, just beautiful, like um, in terms of her journey mm. with an infant and going for a walk every day mm. and developing that um, ecological identity. And mm. so I thought that was quite rich. Mm. Mm. Yes, beautiful. Well, we'll make sure we put those links on our uh, 
website as well so that people can follow those mm. up. And I know that Sheila and her colleagues are doing some amazing work around infant language development or yes, young yes. children's language development mm. as well. So um, we'll put some reference to that too. So onto this wonderful video which was launched last week called Mare Mare, Being a Baby, Belonging and Becoming. And it's actually the sixth in a series of, of um, videos. So who would like to speak about this video? Meredith is going to. <laughs> Karen will hand that off to So this is our sixth um, DVD. The previous five DVDs were about children's learning, children's thinking, and it focused mainly on the two to five-year-olds. Mm. And um, Wendy had a vision that we would focus on the birth to twos this time because there have been a lot of talk about um, wanting to know what it is that that works or rather what goes on in a birth to two space um at mia mia there have been lots of questions as well as um during our walkthroughs or visits from people in the sector um there has been a lot of um asking of um yeah in terms of what we do and our practice in the in with the young ones so wendy um envisioned this where we would follow four children um, through their whole first year being in a group setting and also um, having interviews with the families and showing, showcasing how we actually orientate and welcome a family and what our practice and philosophy is in terms of how this um, whole first foray into a, a setting outside of home is so important in terms of set um, that foundation and building that community and relationship aspect yeah and it's a hard process to invite people mm. in to view what you're doing and to mm. actually have that on record how was that experience for you was it difficult or did you sort of ease into it and find it was so in terms of getting the families on board well getting the families on board getting that video um taken you know all of those mm. things because it's quite intrusive also in and it, in some ways it's um it, it challenges your own philosophy around mm. the, the the privacy of the practice that that is with children and families so how was yeah how did that feel for you the, um like all the footages was just so in the moment i mean and um Yes, and so in terms of, like it is, what you see is actually mm. what was happening in the moment. And we didn't, although we knew the camera was there, we just, because when you're working with um, children, you're just in the moment mm. all the time. And, and you just have to go, oh, well, if you don't get the right one, I just, I can't think about the camera yeah. I'm just thinking about what's happening mm. In, mm. Yeah, with the children I guess that's keeping the child at the centre of everything yes, you're yes, doing yes, so it's yes. everything and the idea of sharing this is mm. so wonderful that yes. yeah I suppose that you're able to, to like do if that. we were to worry about the, the camera crew behind us mm. then you I mean because these infants there's they're so intuitive and as much as we read their gestures and their cues they know us very well as mm. well mm. they can tell when we have we when our mm. mind is somewhere mm. else mm. so if we are not um, letting them know we are here with you in whatever the experience is then they know that they've lost us mm. as well mm. so we wanted for this video, for them to capture the 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 truth of it. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and, like, and I'm interested when you when you watch the footage. Were there things that were new or that you you thought, wow, I, I either I didn't know we were so you know did that so well, or maybe that wasn't quite how I I saw it. Was was there anything, or was it just? Did you look at the footage and say? Oh, yeah, that, that, is, that is capturing every day what we're, we're doing. Well, it's a bit of both because when you look at it from that perspective, you know, where you're not part of it, when you look at it and just watch the footage, you, 
you are, I suppose I was happy that certain aspects of the children's learning was being captured to actually so that the mindset behind our DVD was, you know, mm. to actually showcase the children's thinking at that age as mm. well as what they're doing in, in a group setting. Um, and so you, you celebrate that, oh good, that was captured, their yeah, learning was captured, yeah, you know, or when they start to say something, verbalize something, it was, or what they're trying to explore and, and repeatedly do to, to learn and to think. And then on the other side, you're like, oh, I should have done this, or I should have not done that, or I should have said this, or I shouldn't have said that. So there are aspects where you go, oh, I could have done it better, yeah. or, or if I was... You know, I, if the words came at the right time or the right question, you know, maybe I should have said that and that might have prompted the child a different way. Mm. So, yeah, it's a bit of both. But you can use it for your own professional yes, learning yes. there yourself. You can look at that. I mean, that's ideal, isn't yes. it? Because it's captured there. It's great footage. Yes. So, yeah, you know, you can look at that, but also feel very proud of, of the work. True. And also at the same time, it helps you see what goes on in the room, Mm -hmm. how many times we have had to have conversations while still being in the moment with the child Mm -hmm. and how that goes on and for us to be able to see it as opposed to being in it and you don't realise. Yeah. Actually, I think that's a really interesting point because in my own research that I'm doing, um, this conversations on the go is it's something I really would like to investigate more because it it is present in high quality environments and yet the thinking in the past has been you know you can't be having mm. you know that that mm. was sort of the thinking when I was training is focus on the children you know you, you, you of course you have to communicate that yes. that's not something mm. that should be a priority but what I'm starting to see is that these conversations on the go are building leadership, obviously building high-quality mm. practice. So it's something that um, it's interesting that you say that because it is obviously a component yes. of a high-quality. Yeah, and we so we know it, but sometimes we don't permit mm. it to happen. So that's a it's and also working around it, like you say, we are focused with the child at the mm. moment, and like Karen said, if we the child knows we're not present exactly. mentally, then yeah. we've lost that moment. And it's also um, a strategy to juggle it. Mm. So at the same time, we have learned in our in our team how to communicate without speaking, mm. <laughs> and mm. and also that that helps because then it um, we are able to share important information about you know the child, but at the same time we're still with the children. Yes. So it's it's finding that balance because you can't have one or the other. You know, like yes, we might wait till that experience with the child finishes and then have that conversation with another staff member but sometimes it is crucial at certain points in time mm. so it's it's about finding that balance I suppose yeah. yeah yeah and I suppose the balance is I mean that that's part of the social learning of those infants as mm. well is that there are those sort of disruptions I suppose to yes. that that practice too so yes. part, but it depends on how it's handled which is obviously present in the in the video here so um, what would you hope you know how would you hope that this could be used by teams of, of people who are working with with young children I I hope that they can see the very complex thinking that can happen in that age group um, between children and children the children and families children and and teams, mm. yeah, that that you you make room for it to be as rich as possible. Mm. That every every moment counts to their day, regardless of if it's a nappy change, or if it's play, or if it's eating, um, saying goodbye, saying hello. That all those moments deserves your um your your heartfelt intent and the way you interact in all those daily encounters really Mm. um and we all know that um you know working with young children can be stressful and when they are stressed you you can also pick up their stress Mm. and just knowing how to or 
as challenging as those times are to to embrace those moments as well and um, yes and not just to let it not let it just be your job you are investing these true these children are relying on you to invest in them mm -hmm. they need us to invest in them mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. this is what early childhood deserves mm. yeah. I, I yeah. But yeah that's what I hope that yeah. they can see yeah. here so how could um, how could people use this in that kind of in mm. in their professional development would you recommend they spent time watching it together and having the discussion or what what would you see as being a useful mm. way to use a video like this because there are 29 little snippets in the the video, the DVD, um, it is... Yeah, I keep calling it a video, it's a DVD. <laughs> it's okay. Get with, get with the 2018, yeah. But seriously, DVDs are going to be obsolete soon, so... <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> It'll just be... We'll just go to the next yeah. one. Yeah. So in terms of that, using each um, episode, each little snippet as... So not to take it as a full chunk, but there's... Mm enough snippets to go around to actually sit together with either the team if they can or by themselves just to watch um, and actually observe how you could pick up on moments that with the children throughout the day that, that can help you um, learn more about them, how, um, how it all functions not just with one adult but as part of a team how it functions with other children, you know, how the child actually can learn with other children, um, the different materials. So it's a lot of um, different aspects that depending what you're looking for in terms of, um, you know, enhancing your skills with, with um, the under twos, that you can actually pick up on um, different things to, to look at, whether it's it together as a team or by yourself. Mm. And I think, um, also going back to because this is um, what we do at Mia Mia so understanding that the context is also very different yeah, yeah. and not that what we do here is directly applicable in another setting mm. because there's also um, our philosophy there's also our culture and the way that we set that foundation of orientating the families as well mm. that's very different in uh, compared to other settings yeah, yeah. and I, I, I think I've always heard that from from Mia Mia it's never been that this is the way to do yes. it or this is practice I think the way you've always shared your practice is to say this is how we do it yes. And maybe there can be some learning that's mm. shared or thinking together, as you say, Karen. Mm. That great sort of Reggio phrase is thinking together and learning together. And so I think that's a great thing to say. So it's, it, it's got to be contextual for, yes. for yes. everyone, hasn't yes. it? It follows for four children yes. and their, their the journey. journey. Yeah. And, and what, over what time period is that? that over it, a year. Over a year. So, so you'll actually see at the end um, where, where they are transitioning to mm. be in the next space mm. and also how that works for, for them and our school as well. Mm. Like how we orientate them in the next space. Um, and so that whole continuity of it throughout the year. Mm. Yeah, fantastic. So it will be really sort of illuminating as well for for people, and maybe people who have never worked with young children. It's a great kind of induction into yes. into <laughs> looking looking at that. Just sort of drawing to a close because I know that you both have um, roles that you have here, and you've been so kind with your time. You've both mentioned culture a lot mm -hmm. um, in terms of the culture at the centre. Well, what's fundamental? for you about the culture and how do you ensure that that culture is maintained and upheld? I think it's, um, I mean like over the years we've, we've had um, some staff leave due to their own circumstances and so there is when um, when other um, early childhood um, educators are employed, then it's uh, how we continue those conversations with them and to 
to to introduce them to what the work culture is here mm-hmm. um, but also allowing room because in our curriculum meetings although like there's an underlying philosophy there's also room for for thinking because the there's been you know certain changes mm-hmm. but underlying that within those changes there's still our our philosophy and how we and what are the expectations when we are working with children mm. and families mm. and it's an ongoing conversation actually mm. and it's and it's daily and you know between um, all of us we just we just think oh we did this the other day I don't know if that was such a good idea what do you think mm. so it's it's really yeah, just ongoing. Yeah, the, the having and not being um, scared to actually put that out there yes, as well as important yes. in a respectful way. Yes, so. I think we allow room for those conversations in a respectful mm-hmm. way, as you're mm-hmm. saying. Um, yeah, so it's not a, a it's not a once off conversation mm-hmm. where we're saying this is what the expectations are mm-hmm. and this is you know how it's going to be, but to be always reflective together I suppose mm-hmm. yeah yes and the relationship yeah. between all of you as well seems to be fundamental to I mean I suppose that's a bit of a no-brainer isn't it but that's not always it's not always harmonious is it when you're working mm-hmm. together or it, you you might not always feel the love between all of you <laughs> you know oh, on yeah. a day-to-day basis like, and that um, can be disruptive in terms of the care for for children mm-hmm. yes mm. And um, in all workplaces, relationships between the whole staff is always hard, mm-hmm. you know, but it's how you um, navigate through that and what your, at the end of the day, what is your intent? Mm-hmm. Is it for yourself or is it, mm-hmm. you know, is it for everyone to really work um, collaboratively and what the decisions that you make what uh, what why do you make those decisions mm-hmm. who is it for mm-hmm. and who is it to benefit for and at the end it's it's really for the the children mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. living we're all living together it cannot be just one person mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and you're you're walking that path together aren't yes. you so it is that thinking about that that's not always easy yes mm-hmm. no it's yeah. just yeah, you just have to keep having those conversations together, mm. but also be willing to listen. Mm. Mm. So I think that would be your, I keep hearing that, got to be hearing and listening and, and being willing to listen. So I'd say that's Karen's sort of tip for working. What about you, Meredith? Have you got something that you keep central to your sort of thinking when you're working with young children and... I think I think like Wendy has said that we we never work in silo, so we're always um, mm. like part of a team together, and that communication is really important because um, like Karen was saying, there will be you know ups and downs, there will be changes, and that's part of life really, mm. and also um, because of that communication and that we are all on the same page that we are continually questioning our practice what we do um, how we think as um, teachers and how we are trying to work towards the best for the best of the children Mm. I think um, in that sense it's that working together that we're all we're all learning together as well it's not not we haven't reached anywhere that we think oh this is it Mm. you know but in in terms of <laughs> that we are continually striving to to better our practice to um to actually keep each other I won't say accountable but you know in terms of mm. that we are all still learning yeah like a community of learners and yes. not that's not just the children that's us as well yeah. and that community part of it's very important because we learn from each other mm. and and we're not we're not like, you know, like just there teaching people or being taught, but it's all that sharing of information and how the different perspectives are so important mm, mm. To, because there's 
all the children are different as well and you know what we see might be different from what someone else sees and that how it's so important that we share that together to form a bigger picture. Well, I think we'll wrap it up there. Thank you so much to the both of you for so much time talking to the Early Education Show. We'll put the link up so people can um, purchase the video and um, it was a launch that was attended by about 100 people, which is wonderful. And your continued focus on um, very young children is is amazing and wonderful and I wish you all the best in in those endeavours. Thank you. All right, we're back. Thanks to Meredith and Karen for taking the time to sit down, Leanne. That was a really great chat, Leanne. And big thanks to them. I'm always amazed that people want to sit down and talk to us, Leanne. (laughs) It's still a shock. 76 episodes in. How does this still happen? (laughs) It's just incredible. I think we always ask people with the expectation that they'll say no. (laughs) And they're pleasantly surprised. (laughs) So a big thanks to them for their time that they took out of um, their day to to talk with me. And um, yeah, it it was wonderful. Wonderful. All right. Well, that's it from us for this week. Hopefully Lisa will be back and we'll have the whole game with you next week but until then it's goodbye from me and from me you have been listening to the early education show hosted by lisa bryant leanne gibbs and leanne mcnicholas and produced by leanne mcnicholas find us online at earlyeducationshow.com and while you're there it would be great if you could hit the support the show tab where you can become a patron of the show and support us for as little as one dollar a month we really appreciate it Get in touch with us at earlyedushow at gmail.com or on Facebook and Twitter with the username earlyedushow. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a rating and review on the Apple Podcast Store. This really helps other people find the show. See you next time.